The Start On Demand. On demand. The Winnipeg Whiteout is set to begin. The Winnipeg Jets open the Stanley Cup playoffs, or as I like to say, the North American Ice Hockey League Championships. On Wednesday night, we'll get details on the city's efforts to clean up the streets in time for the street parties, and we'll hear from True North, who is finalizing their preparations for opening night. Blood Watch 2019 continues with a crest on the Red River reaching the Fargo region, which means it won't be long now before it reaches Manitoba. And we have crowned the winner of Wishin' I Was Fishin', and he was really happy. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and this is the Monday, April 8th podcast for The Start. It is here. The Stanley Cup playoffs begin at last this week. I wish I was more excited. There's so much trepidation in Jets Nation right now based on how the Jets have played down the stretch here the last two weeks. All they needed was four points in their last one, two, six games, seven games to sew up first place, and it slipped through their fingertips over the weekend. So the Jets end up second. So the good news is they have home ice advantage, but they could have had home ice advantage uh, throughout the first two rounds of the playoffs had they managed to take care of business against Colorado the other night. I was reading some comments from people who were saying they were hopeful, they were glad, sorry, they were hoping that we wouldn't have home playoff advantage for these first two games because they wanted us to get rid of our nonsense on the road, like whatever's going on with the team, like mm. do it away from us yes. and then come home when when things seem to be on the okay, right track okay. and we're ready to party. And I was like, I don't know if that's how that works. Like yeah. we only have, I mean, really in theory, you have four games, right? So the first Not four in theory, be, in actuality. Like I like to think they're going to be more, but I... Yes. Yes. Well, we'll see what happens. Get no, underway Wednesday night. There was a it was a historic setting going into that final day of action, right? In terms of determining who won, took the division. Yes. It's like third time and only the third time in league history, I where three teams were eligible or were in the hunt to to win the same division. Yeah, you had Saint. There were scenarios where Winnipeg, St. Louis, or Nashville could have won the Central based on how things turned out. On Saturday, the Jets took care of their own business. They needed a little bit of help from Vancouver and Chicago. Vancouver, listen to that game on the radio. They were actually up against St. Louis, and uh, the Blues ended up winning in a shootout. Okay. And then uh, the Blackhawks were up on the Predators 2 nothing, and then Nashville came back and, and ended up winning 5-2. So the Jets did not get the help that they needed to uh, finish first. And they end up finishing in second place. I'm trying to count the predictions from NHL.com from its various writers. And I think there's about 10 writers and half and half, five picking St. Louis and five picking Winnipeg Jets. I think that would be the, if you were taking the temperature of Winnipeg Jets fans right now, it's a kind of a pick them, flip a coin scenario. I don't know if anybody is is really feeling super confident heading into Maybe this first round for us. of playoffs. Like our expectations were so high last year. We were we had pretty much written off the wild before we even got to that series. Yeah, it worked so out many, nice. So, I know, but so many fans, we didn't even, you know, they got, I think they got so excited. So maybe yep. it'll be the opposite effect. Okay. We'll I don't go know. With you got to go with something. That first yep. game is on Wednesday. Tickets on sale this morning at 10, and then tickets for the, the Whiteout Street parties on sale at noon, up to 15000 for the, the party on Wednesday. So, yeah, you mentioned trepidation. I'm just getting a feeling, like, it, it feels like it's completely different from last year, whereas last year everyone was all in, because not only were we in the playoffs, but we were favored to go very far, so people were just jacked. But now, because of last year's success, people are expecting more than last year. And uh, yeah, well, they were, and now I think they aren't. Well, when you finish right. second overall in the National Hockey League, you finish your season eleven one and one down the stretch, is what the Jets did last year. And then of the playoff teams since January third, they are they are the least productive team and you're playing a team that went from last place January 3rd in the entire league to being in the hunt for first place in the division on the last day. So the team playing better hockey right now, miles ahead overall is the St. Louis blues. All right. So 
I guess Greg's going to have a, is this going to be a nerve wracking week for you leading up to Wednesday? <laughs> yeah. Are there any synony- other synonyms that you can come up for nerve? Yes. It's going to be a difficult week and a week and a half. Uh, yes. Are you, do you stay up for the games? I don't know if I can do that. Like Wednesday will work. It's a 6 p.m. We can do that. And Friday's good because we don't work Saturday. But Friday's a late game. Wednesday's 7. Face-off is at 7 on Wednesday. So, yeah, I can handle that. Uh, Friday starts at 8.30 local time. Of course, I've got an obligation very early Saturday morning. Typical. Oh, God. Right? And then uh, Sunday's at 6.30 local time. And then Tuesday is 8.30 no. Local so time. that'll be the tough one. That'll be the tough one. Absolutely. And uh, yes, you know I won't miss a single minute of action. It'll be impossible for me it's to do so. It's kind of fun missing it, though, don't you think, Brett? Because then we walk in in the morning, and if we haven't caught the game, and say we d- ignored Twitter or yeah. whatever, you know as soon, the temperature is very clear as soon as Greg walks in the room. Yeah, well, that's usually what happens yeah. if I don't catch something the night before because I get up. I'm, I'll get up, and I just basically get up, go to the shower, yeah. come to work. So I don't. I don't pick up my phone and to check anything. he walks in like, that's my Greg whistle, or he kicks a garbage can. I mean, it's one or the other. You've seen both. I've seen both. I don't even know if you whistle, but I feel like I can feel like an inner whistle. Like I'm a, not a whistler. Like a, not just, a whistler. He comes in with a hop and a stick. <laughs> We were uh, shocked, pretty horrified actually, Um, and again, uh, giving everyone the benefit of the doubt until we draw our own conclusions. If these allegations are true, uh, Winnipegers deserve better, uh, and we will demand better. That is the response from Michael Jack. He's Chief Corporate Services Officer with the City of Winnipeg. After allegations surfaced that members of one department at the City of Winnipeg were regularly spending good portions of their days doing anything but their assigned duties. The city says it is investigating after receiving hidden camera footage allegedly showing inspectors with the city's property planning department using work time for personal activities. Here's Global's Amber McGookin with more. Hours of hidden camera footage showing City of Winnipeg employees taking extended lunch breaks, going on personal errands and shopping all on the city's time. 17 employees from the city's planning, property and development department were tracked by private investigators who followed them over a three-month period from January until last month. The footage shows one employee going to Costco for nearly two hours before going to a Starbucks for an hour, another spending about two hours at the gym and another snowblowing a driveway. There were plenty of long lunch breaks, smoke breaks and coffee breaks. The footage was sent to Global News from a group of more than a dozen business owners and contractors, all saying they had bad experiences with inspectors like long waits for inspections and unprofessional treatment. They wanted to remain anonymous because they do business with the city, but say they were shocked, disappointed and appalled, but had suspicions staff weren't putting in a full day's work. Mayor Brian Bowman says he is deeply concerned by the allegations and says people may lose their jobs. If there are employees that uh, are, are not playing by the rules, that the appropriate consequences uh, result from that. My first thoughts, uh, obviously, were of concern and, uh, and anger as a taxpayer. The city has launched an official investigation. Amber McGookin, Global News. Now 680 CJB's Clay Young caught up with North Kildonan City Councillor Jeff Berwadi for his response to this private investigation. Well, obviously, these types of accusations are, are incredibly troubling. Um, and we expect our city employees to put in a, a full day's work. You know, hey, I mean, if somebody's you know does drive a city fleet vehicle and they decide you know over their lunch hour to grab a dollar fifty hot dog at Costco and, and you know run an errand during their lunch break, that's one thing. But spending you know the majority of their day uh, away from from doing their job, that's that's obviously a problem. If it's as widespread as this article seems to suggest uh, from the investigations that uh, were done by these uh, private investigators, yeah, that's that's beyond beyond the pale and. Uh, uh, appropriate uh, uh, response should be to probably terminate these employees. So off the top, we heard from Michael Jack, who is the Chief Corporate Services Officer for the City of Winnipeg. Among many of his comments, he said he was horrified by what he witnessed. The city administrator says they will continue to navigate the report and hear a few more words he shared. Each of our inspectors, uh, uh, many of whom we consider hardworking and, and uh, we have trust and faith in, uh, all of our inspectors uh, handle any number of files in a given day. Uh, so when they're conducting an inspection, there will be a report from that inspection. Uh, when they're uh, making phone calls or having inquiries or exchanging correspondence with a, a developer or builder, uh, there will be a record of that. So they all have files uh, that can be examined for sure. 
We've met several times uh, and had discussion even with our members of council about uh, our next steps. We are still uh, at the very early stages. Uh, we are like many of uh, the citizens of Winnipeg. We have no further details than what was reported. Um, so we don't have access to those private investigation reports, etc. Uh, so nonetheless, we've got to embark upon our own investigation as the employer. I'm going to suggest uh, we have faith in our employees. We have a good workforce. Uh, we have a lot of great inspectors. Um, so depending upon what we uncover, uh, it, that's going to decide which route we go down. I can't tell you what kind of discipline will be merited because all I have so far uh, is one media report. There are allegations at this point. Everyone's uh, entitled to due process, so, so we've got to do ours. In terms of how long it's going to take, that's going to depend what we find. It's going to depend how long it takes to get the necessary information. Uh, if we had uh, you know, the same reports that uh, the newspaper reporter did yesterday, uh, that would speed things up, but uh, not anticipating that anytime soon. Uh, well, we're going to pursue every source available. Uh, we're, we're doing our best to uh, get that information uh, and, and do something with it. We've obviously got other information that we can collect, and we're going to simply have to do the best job we can uh, after the fact, uh, trying to determine what went on here uh, and who was involved. So we just got a text uh, message here from one of our listeners. Sure seems like the city should be using plug and track, at least on city vehicles. Can't believe they are not. They are using GPS locators on uh, pretty much every city vehicle. These inspectors use their own vehicles. So that might change out of this out of this investigation, you might see some individuals who have been using their own vehicles for work now all of a sudden being issued a company vehicle, a city-owned vehicle, or perhaps having to install one of these uh, plug-and-track devices in their own vehicle as part of their of their work uh of their work obligations. Now, I know one of the thoughts I had was, and I don't know if it was answered or has been answered because they're going to have to identify or try to identify who these people were, but were, is it possible that any of them were on like a split shift, you know, or that you, you do an inspection from eight to 10 in the morning and then you do have, four, I don't know, like four hours without nothing and then you put in eight hours more work? Like, is that That was a one of the questions yeah. asked of Michael Jack and, and he couldn't answer that definitively but I can tell you from my experience in terms of building things and interactions with that department, uh, inspections are typically after 10 o'clock in the morning and uh, typically not after 4 o'clock in the afternoon. There is a pretty tight window for these things. Uh, Michael Jack would not say for sure whether or not he didn't want to comment, but the direct question was, what is a normal work day? And his uh, general understanding was kind of a 7 to 4 but certainly situation. They would also then track how many requests you get for inspections Correct. and how quickly are Correct. they met and what is the threshold for like an appropriate length of time to have that service done. And so if if this is, is true, if these accusations or allegations are true, then are we years behind on inspections or months behind? And how why did it take undercover cameras to flag that? That should be in the system being like, whoa, we are way behind on any, any other business in the world has a whole column now for computers that say we're hitting 80% of our targets or 90% of our threshold or whatever. It is, completely right? agree with you. Delivery times, airport baggage, like all, they all have an, a percentage that, that, that would say, I'm doing a good job as long as we hit at least 70% of our target. Well, we'd like to hear from you. Have you got some concerns about how long inspections take? Because uh, I know I've heard through the grapevine, and uh, the grapevine's not that long in terms of people that I've spoken to that are feel that they're waiting a, an inordinate amount of time for these for these inspections. So we'd like to hear from you. Shoot us an email, uh, mackling at cjob.com, mcnab at cjob.com, mcgarry, m-e-g-a-r-r-y at cjob.com. And my first thought, someone sent this to me very late in the evening. In fact, before I think uh, we even had this story, somebody sent it to me and said, uh, this is not good. And I, my first thought was, oh boy, this is, this is what a lot of the public already think about city workers in the first place. And now to have a three month private investigation, turn all this stuff up. It's, it's a PR nightmare for a lot of people, and a lot of great people that do great work at the city of Winnipeg. Yeah, I remember once I made a, just a sort of a snide comment on with you. 
Greg, about city workers. It was just a joke because there is that reputation. Sure and, is. Uh, there were some angry city workers who responded in kind. So that was my reaction as well when I saw this story. I thought, well, that's certainly not going to help, help the, the stereotype, the reputation. Because, I mean, I've been hearing jokes about city workers since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, But a lot of that is unfair. I know a lot of good, hardworking people who who don't even take their lunch breaks or their coffee breaks or all sorts of things for the city because they just want to get the job done, right? You have both sides of it. We have a listener writing now to say that they find it unconscionable that those poor city inspectors had evidence gathered against them without being told it was happening. Well, it's my understanding that the group that hired these private investigators had gone to the city a couple times with their concerns to say, like, we have the following examples of inspection dates not being met, and that's when they decided to hire this private investigator they spent their firm. own money. I understand it was about $18,000 that was spent by private citizens to find out what the heck was going on. And Don says that he's had inspections done as late as 9 p.m. Like to hear more details on that from you, Dan. Don, absolutely. Keep those, uh, keep those messages coming, please. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, Jeff Braun is here, Kelly Moore, Jeff Forte, and since the Stanley Cup playoffs begin for the Winnipeg Jets on Wednesday, there will no doubt be some who are now bandwagon hoppers, who are suddenly super fans of the Winnipeg Jets, even though they haven't paid attention to a single game in the regular season, (laughs) and there are some purists, I'm sure who find this kind of thing annoying. And in this room, we have two sportsing purists. We have Greg Mackling and Kelly Moore. So, Kelly, why don't I start with you? The bandwagon hopper. What do you think of the bandwagon hopper? doesn't bother me a bit. It's expected. It's the most exciting time of the year. But when some of those bandwagon hoppers start offering up their opinions as people who have spent the time uh, to uh, to know what's going on, yeah, that's when I... I mean... You're always going to get people expressing opinions, but I would prefer to listen to informed opinions. Do you ever want to throw down with them and say, listen here, Bob? There's no winning. (laughs) 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 When it comes to uh, dealing with passionate fans, just nod and grin. I think this year the biggest challenge, at least in in Series 1 and the first round of the playoffs, is going to be keeping people from jumping off that bandwagon. Mm, Yes, indeed. I think that's more of the concern this year because, as mentioned off the top, the Jets entered the playoffs last year, number two overall in the National Hockey League. They were on a fairly unprecedented run. They were a favorite to win pretty much every series they were in, and... Things didn't go ultimately as planned, but this year, the way they've kind of surrendered first place down the stretch here has a lot of people scrambling for the sidelines versus scrambling for the bandwagon. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly, should the Jets turn things around, get ahead in the series, how quickly some of those people see, get back on then the bandwagon. that will bother me because then it's like, no, now, oh, now I'm in. Like, I wasn't so sure because I didn't think they'd do so great in this first round. Oh, here we are in the second round. Now let me be part of this. Like, that will bother me more than someone drop jumping on now. Now it's a fun time, as Kelly said. you got parties being planned for the city. It's a good excuse to get friends together, have some wings or whatever you want to do. And if you're not buying in now and then you, I'm just going to wait and hold on to see how it goes. That's going to bug me. That's Why annoying. does that bother you though? I don't know, man. You're, <laughs> if you're like, I'm not saying you have to be a fan all your, you know, the highs and lows, you got to be there for the good and bad. That's not necessarily what I mean. It's just that they're in it now. And this is the, now is the time they need your support and they need your passion and they don't need it to come when you decided, oh, maybe they are the real deal yeah, or maybe they the, have got the monkeys off their back. We're with you all the way, winner win. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not right. I don't like that. Yeah, well, I guess, and we've heard too over the years that Winnipeggers can be fair weather uh, when it comes to being fans. Yeah, I, I've never bought into that, but uh, I, I know it's been said. I've not bought into that when you have a an NHL franchise first time around that won two series in 16 years and Blue Bomber fans who continue to support the Blue Bombers uh, second or third best uh, uh, capacity or, or, or fan support in the entire Canadian Football League. I've never actually bought into that. I think that's way overplayed. So yeah, I would uh, agree. Not, not, not to argue with you, Brett, but no, when but people you're say that... Argue. No, no. Argue with them. When people say that... <laughs> bothers me because uh, I, I think uh, based on the, the lack of success from particular the National Hockey League and CFL team, I would say that people have been incredibly supportive. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Well, it wasn't my point. I was just saying people have yeah. said. Oh, no, I, yeah. I know. And I was. It'd be the same in every city, anyways. It, it, it is, for sure. Yeah, like there'll yeah. be way more Penguins fans in Pittsburgh this week for than there sure. were last week. For sure, there will be. Yeah. And it will build. There's That's a Penguins fan in my house, so for goodness sake. Look at, look at all those empty seats in Detroit now that the Red Wings aren't making the playoffs for 23 straight years. Uh, you know, and yet for all those years that the Jets were struggling, those seats were still all filled at the downtown rink. Yeah. Well, you can let us know what you think at 204-780-6868. Somebody texting us saying, it's not just about being a hockey fan, it's about being a Winnipeg fan. Yeah, and I get excited for this time of year. After last year, I think that's what I'm excited for. If it's not for the hockey, it's for seeing. I love seeing Winnipeg on the national stage. I I love those overhead camera shots. I love being down there for those whiteout parties and being like, Damn, Winnipeg, you look good. Yeah. And so I like that. I think that's the time. To, if you're, if anything, be a fan of that. Well, and a lot of people, too, probably just don't have the time or the energy to commit to an entire hockey season. But the playoffs are a different thing. It's like a condensed season, and that's where all the the major excitement happens. Well, hey, last year, I, can, I will contend uh, till my last breath that not only were the Jets potentially tired when they finally got to that <laughs> series against, but the city was tired and the fans were tired. <laughs> Diehard fans were saying, you know what, I think I'm going to the lake this weekend. By the time May long weekend rolled around, people were done. They were out of energy. They were spent. Jeff Braun had run out of uh, face paint. You know Jeff, he loves yeah, a good face paint. True. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're also seeing the bandwagon too. I mean, it culminates tonight, right, Kelly, with the championship game in the NCAA. You go yes. all year long nobody pays attention to college basketball and suddenly there's a tournament and everybody's cheering for the red raiders and the cavaliers and the yellow jackets and who are all these other teams you never heard of yeah yeah because it's the most important time of the year you know what I mean? <laughs> just, it's it, it's it's showtime it's money time it's when it matters and so that's why you're going to have people's attention Question of the day at cjob.com brought to you by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. And the question that went up on Friday afternoon, how confident are you that the Winnipeg Jets will make it past the first round of the playoffs? And 50% say (laughs) not at all. They're just not the same team as last season. 33% say, I still think they could, but I'm definitely on edge. And 17% say they will. They're better than their recent record shows. Kelly Moore what do you think of those results? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because uh, it said, you know, no, they're not the same team that they were last year. And yet, really, other than Kevin Hayes for Paul Stastny, it is the same team. But they certainly did not play over the final, uh, well, I would say the final half of the season uh, to the same level of confidence and execution that they did a year ago. Uh, the major concern, I think, when you take a look at the Winnipeg Jets is how fragile they, they seem to be. And Saturday night in Arizona, you know, they play a great second period. They completely take control of the game. It's 4-1. A year ago, you could have gone to bed knowing that they were going to win that game. Arizona gets a goal, and all of a sudden, to me anyway, their 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 level of, of play Completely changed. So what is that? Like, is the talent there? You mentioned that you have all the you have all the yeah. right pieces. That it looks good. So is that a leadership thing? Is that a coaching thing? Is that them not talking to each other well enough? On is it confidence? Like what's happening when that yeah, goes I, down? I I honestly don't have the answer for you for that, Loren, because like I say, it's the same group of players essentially that were. Uh, you know, here a year ago. Now there are some new faces like Par Lindholm and mm-hmm. uh, Nathan Bolu and that sort but of thing. But the key, yeah. the key people are the same. I think you know what happened on Saturday night was kind of uh, in Arizona was kind of the uh, you know just the what's the word I'm looking for? The culmination here? of all the, the things yeah, we've the, seen. Yeah, yeah, I guess the culmination of the lack of success that they have had, uh, and in particular, you know, that Islander meltdown, a couple of meltdowns against Minnesota. You know, they won against Edmonton early in the year. There's been enough time for that to be swept to the wayside. It's it's odd because the Jets are a better team tied going into the third period than they are a team holding a lead going into the third period, yeah. and they're actually almost better from coming from behind going going into a third it's, period it's, than it, they are than it, being ahead. It's a very odd situation. It, yeah, it really is. And it's interesting you bring that up, uh, Greg, because their bottom five in terms of their winning percentage with the lead after two periods this year, their top five 
when trailing after two periods. They were 6-24 and in the game. So I guess the message to Jets Nation is if it's 2-1 St. Louis after two periods on Wednesday night, you know, that might be better than being two up. one Winnipeg after <laughs> after forty minutes. Loren asked a very good question off the air. I want you to ask Kelly more. Well, the we question were talking on about Bufflin and his. Everyone was so excited to have him return right. from his injury for the past uh, was it eight weeks at least for Bufflin. For I mean, Bufflin, uh, I, I'm trying to remember the exact time on it. Spot, yeah, but it was Nineteen a, games is yeah, what it was. And, yeah, and so then he's back, but then he wasn't put on the power play right away, and which has been a problem for them. And so I was curious if there's a reason, or do you think that that's going to change come the playoffs? I, I believe. You'll see Dustin Bufflin back on the number one power play unit on Wednesday night. And I think the reason that did not happen is there was just no time, you know, with how compressed that schedule was when he was finally healthy enough to return to the lineup. They they just I don't think they had enough time to, to work him into that. And they just thought, you know what, now's not the time to be trying to uh, create different wrinkles, even though Dustin Bufflin has spent a lot of time on the number one power play. And plus, maybe you don't want to show everything that you're going to come with uh, on game one uh, down the stretch. Jacob Truba has been outstanding offensively this year. Oh, he had sure 50 he's had points year. this yeah. year. He has as many points as Patrick Laine does. Uh, but I will point this out. Dustin Bufflin essentially played half a season. Yes. 42 games, right? Yes. 42 of 82. He has 16 power play points. Yeah. Jacob Truba played every single game for the Jets this year and has 18 power play points. So Here's the difference here, though. Truba is probably the best at getting his shot through, but he does not have that heavy shot that Dustin Bufflin has that commands respect. And and so I think the Jets were missing that for sure. All right, and oh, the hockey buffet. Yes. Something special happening today, Kelly. Well, of course, when Christian O'Mal is involved, food cannot be far behind. So <laughs> that's why it's being called the hockey buffet. The CJOB Sports Show host is going to be, uh, we're, we, I'm going to join him, and Teddy Irvin's going to join us for the first one. It's going to start at noon on the CJOB Facebook page, and then starting at about 12.15, we'll also go live on Courier, uh, and then uh, finish off. So we'll go for a full hour. Uh, we're going to really drill down on this Winnipeg-St. Louis matchup, but we're also going to take a look at some of the other seven first-round series as well. You know, I mean, if you think there is angst in Winnipeg, mm. can you imagine what it's like in the self-proclaimed center of the hockey yeah. universe? and they're up t- Toronto's against Boston again, yes, right? It they seems are. to be they just can't get like escape that being their first-round matchup. Oh, it's I'll funny. tell you, and, and, and if Boston does what everybody expects them to do in Game 1, oh, <laughs> Toronto, is it? You, you're just going to have to have a lot of couches ready for, it's, for it's, Friday morning. It's funny how all the deaf ears, uh, when the, when fe- people in Winnipeg were complaining about the NHL playoff format last year when the Jets, the top two teams in the league mm-hmm. had to face one another in the second round yeah. and now people in Toronto, oh, it's not fair that we have to play Boston in the first round. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Sorry, you're a day late just and a dollar way. short on that argument and that conversation. Yeah, it's just the way that it uh, shakes out. For my money, the series that I'm probably after, you know, covering Winnipeg and St. Louis, the series that I'm really, really looking forward to, Vegas and the San Jose Sharks. Uh, just because, you know, you've you've got teams that really invested heavily in this season. One of them's going to go home early. And mm. you think the Winnipeg Jets have played poorly down the stretch? Ooh, oh, San take Jose. a look at the San Jose yeah. Sharks record in their last dozen games or so. Well, that Not makes pretty. me feel better. I like that. Let's point out all the other teams that are kind of struggling right now, and then I'll feel good about where we're sitting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll Make like... me a list, Kelly, and then we can I can commiserate. <laughs> later. Yeah, I'll, I'll get that Thank break you. to you. Yeah. <laughs> That'll help me cheer better. <laughs> wow, we could be this team. We could be that team. I always like doing that. You know, could the be ho- worse. The Hockey Buffet on 680 CJOB's Facebook from noon until 1 Mondays and Fridays and the panel will be on with Jeff Courier at 12.15 and 12.45 hosted by 680 CJOB Sports Show's Christian O'Mel. bad saying this. This is what I thought yesterday about how excited you are for spring and you stand outside and you're like, you kind of make that sighing noise because it feels so good to be in the sunshine and then you look down and you're like, because... Right? This... I'm not even going to tell you what I said to Jackie yesterday oh. when we were out and about. Let me tell you that. Um, yeah. It's... Uh, it, it, 
It's not the prettiest time of the year in our city. Let's put it that way. No, the snow goes, so it leaves behind garbage that you may not have noticed tucked in that snow over the year. There's so much gravel and dust. The sky's gray. Does it even look like the sun's going to shine this morning, Brett? <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty gloomy again today. Yesterday was gloomy. Today, yeah, same thing. Yeah, it's just not a pretty time of year. And we know we try to get tackle that. Take Pride Winnipeg is launching its uh, annual litter index later today, and that will tell us you know, just how much garbage we are leaving on the streets over the winter. Lots. But they're not alone in the cleanup. City sweepers around. I think, Greg, you said you spotted some of the big uh, mechanical sweepers going down the yeah, other day. Yeah, downtown uh, overnight last night, you could see evidence of uh, street cleaning happening overnight. Uh, they haven't sprayed down the light standards and those sorts of things yet. Uh, those are the things I notice until you get to that part of the cleanup. You're still playing catch up a little bit. So well, I kept lots of work to do. We're looking for a good rain. And then my husband said, no, we're waiting for that rain until the flood threat passes. So we'll, have, we'll have more on that after eight. But let's just talk about the garbage and the cleanup efforts that are underway for this spring with the downtown biz. Kate Fenske is its CEO and joins us on the phone now. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. So tell us, what do you have out there? Is this kind of a, the hardest hours your cruise when it comes to cleaning up after the snow disappears? Well, it's interesting because uh, just listening uh, this morning, you know, I always call it it's, springtime is really grayish in Winnipeg. It's my least It's grayish. You know, the gray, the beige, and you just can't get beyond that. So uh, fortunately, in Winnipeg, we do usually have a short spring. But it's kind of like we sit around, we wait, you know, summer will come, summer will come. Um, but really, our team is like, okay, we're not going to wait for the leaves to come out on the trees. We've got to get right to work. So our crews have been working really hard throughout the, the entire year. Uh, and especially this winter, there was a lot of snowfall. So, you know, shoveling walks um, and, and trying to make sure everything was clear. And so we're doing that shift now right into spring cleaning mode. Um, we know the Jets have made the playoffs uh, and we're going to be welcoming, welcoming thousands of people downtown uh, this week for the whiteout street parties. Um, and, and really it is for us, it, it's okay, how can we support the city of Winnipeg crews and the great work that they do um, and really enhance downtown? So um, our zone actually covers about 250 city blocks. So it's a big district to manage. Uh, so we've got about 10 crews that are full-time. We've just hired three more. And we're actually in the process of recruiting a bunch of our summer students, some urban enhancement teams. So really, so the, the team is going to be running full swing here in a couple of weeks uh, and already started on, on a whole bunch of different things. You know, we manage graffiti removal. That's one of the things. But but you mentioned litter pickup. Uh, and, and that's a really big job for our crews. They're out there by hand uh, picking up the litter. Uh, last year alone, it was 60,000 pails of litter that, that our downtown Winnipeg Biz team managed. Oh, we're all making faces in here just thinking about that. So, uh, wow. you know, we try to index these things. I know Take Pride Winnipeg tries to measure whether we're getting better or worse. In your opinion, do, are we making any headways on all the litter that's left behind over the years? You'd like to think we'd be getting better at that. Yeah, you know, it's always t- tough to tell because if you're picking up more litter, does it mean you're doing a better job or you have more crews on it? Uh, or is there more litter out there? So it, it is a tough thing to measure. Um, I think, you know, our teams, uh, you know, having over a dozen people out there, we're starting at 630 in the morning, we're going to 11 o'clock at night. Um, what I think is a bit challenging is you can clean, you know, a couple blocks, and the next day you're back cleaning up the same block. So mm-hmm. so litter is definitely a problem. So I would encourage all Winnipeggers to look for those Look for those garbage cans and definitely the recycling, the Recycle Everywhere uh, containers as well for your recycling goods. And good on you for being on top of this. Uh, the flip side of the 60,000 containers or buckets full of uh, garbage is the fact that you are out and collecting that, and that's garbage that would otherwise just be flying around on, on city streets. So I've, I've always felt that, that once that first clean gets done, we do a fairly good job of, of keeping things looking uh, beyond respectable and actually looking quite nice. So this is, uh, this is good news, Kate. How much coordination is there between you and the city before we let you run here? It's regular coordination. We're um, back and forth with them every day. So sometimes if calls are coming into 311, if it's something we can manage, uh, you know, they'll pop that over to us and we're checking with them. We're working really closely on, on those sidewalks and the streets. So obviously the city of Winnipeg is managing the, the street cleanup. Um, but our, we're out there with brooms too, cleaning the sidewalks in front of the businesses that we represent. We represent over, you know, 1,300 businesses in downtown Winnipeg. So it's uh, sometimes it's hand brooms and, and picking up garbage by, uh, you 
know, those garbage pickers, uh, uh, but really working very closely with them and also with Solo Mission. We have a great partnership with them uh, that offers some employment there. And just uh, one thing that I would add, if anyone's interested downtown, we've got our annual Earth Day cleanup happening April 29th. Uh, so that'll be, you know, crews, businesses coming out in support to, to finish up the spring cleanup, whatever may be left behind. Kate Fenske, CEO of Downtown Winnipeg Biz, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Kate, thank you. Thanks. Have a great day, everyone. Start this hour with Flood Watch south of the border. Yeah, and all eyes on the Red River this morning as the crest was expected sometime within the last few hours. Ryan Knutsvig is the meteorologist with the U.S. National Weather Service and joins us now. Good morning, Ryan. Hi, good morning. So tell us, have we seen the peak of the Red River in Fargo yet? Not quite yet. We're still expecting that yet today. Um, They're currently at 34.94 and uh, should be right around that 35-foot mark um, sometime today. So uh, we've seen some the crest uh, move northward over the last week or so, and uh, it's finally reaching the Fargo and Moorhead area. Is that resulting in some localized flooding, Ryan? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I drove up uh, from the South Dakota through that area just yesterday, and uh, you can see quite a bit of, of water off in the distance, and uh, uh, road area roads impacted underwater in some places. Um, and, you know, there are some bridges that have closed in the Fargo-Moorhead area already, um, so, uh, but they'll be thankful that it's uh, the peak is near. So We've heard from a lot of folks who spend winters either in Texas, Arizona, California, who often use I-29 through Nebraska to get home. And for a decent amount of time, it's not really been an option. Any potential for flooding of I-29 at this point, in your view, Ryan? Uh, it doesn't look like that'll be uh, too much of a concern at this point from uh, from the data I've seen. Um, so, yeah, there you know will be some uh, other roads that'll be impacted, but uh, currently, from what I believe, it, it I don't think uh, Interstate 29 will be impacted based on the latest forecast. The expectation is for the red in Fargo at least to crest at that 35 foot level that you mentioned. Does that put us still then under 2009, which was that worrisome threshold for many? Yes, it does. Uh, right now, we are about at the top 11th or 10th um, in of all time in the Fargo area. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's getting up there, but uh, still, we've uh, uh, not quite to that 2009, of which was a 40 feet, of course, or 40 40.84 feet. So um, uh, it's it's definitely on the high side, but uh, not quite that high. What's the precipitation situation in the forecast for the region? You know, it looks like that storm that uh, we've been keeping an eye on is going to move through um, and affect mainly the South Dakota and uh, southern Minnesota area where they could see over a foot of snow in some parts. Um, we are on the northern fringe of that, though, and a little bit of, little bit of wobble could bring some uh, rain or snow into uh, the southern part of the basin, you know, the Wahpeton and in, in the far south there. Um, maybe even a little bit in Fargo, but most of the precipitation should stay to the south, and we're <laughs> definitely thankful for that. It's been uh, kind of interesting watching this one evolve, and I've uh, just been hoping it stays south. You mentioned the word wobble. What would dictate, what would wobble it further north than we want it to, at least for our purposes in the Red River Valley and the Red River watershed? Yeah, well, if this does track, you know, I mean, there. In a lot of these systems, you'll see a, a spread of, of model solutions that, uh, um, you know, where some bring it a little further north and some bring it a little further south. And, uh, you know, if they bring up a little bit more, uh, a little bit warmer air out ahead of it, you know, it, it could end up bringing uh, that track a little bit further north. And uh, But, all, you know, based on the, the information I've seen, it looks like uh, the, the, most of the models bring it through that uh, area, affecting mainly South Dakota and the southern Minnesota. So, um, you know, right now we're, we're hoping it stays on that path, and uh, it, it's a pretty, pretty good bet that it, it probably will. Um, again, it's just that southern, southern fringe uh, that could 
get uh, you know some measurable precipitation. And nice thing is the the crest is past that region already that does would or could receive some precipitation, so the impacts would be limited anyway. So you have your eyes on the the forecast just to ho- in hopes of no more precipitation falling. Is has all the snow melted in the region? Is there a possibility for the rivers to rise and then fall and then rise again as that snow melt continues south of Fargo? Or if we get through today and we don't have any more precipitation, has the overall threat passed? Yeah, if there if there is enough snow that does fall in that southern part of the basin, there could be a second crest, but it. Uh, you know, it probably wouldn't, it would be less than the current one uh, it, based on what we've um, seen. So um, the the threat is uh, for higher crests are low from that storm right now. Um, there still is some snow in the far north, though, especially far northern Minnesota uh, that still has yet to melt. So, um, But we're expecting that to, to get in over the next uh, several days and uh, eventually, you know, start to crest here in Grand Forks, uh, hopefully by Friday, Saturday, uh, around 48 feet we're expecting. Um, so um, we'll see how that melt continues. And, uh, you know, fortunately it's been a, a, a favorable melt down here. We've had a lot of below freezing lows and above freezing highs for quite a bit of time. And, you know, recently we've gone a bit warmer. But um, we'll come down a little bit on uh, some lows again as we get into this week and uh, slow it down just a little bit more. So, Just to be clear, Fargo crest some point this morning and Grand Forks Friday, you're expecting? Yeah, we're expecting a Friday, Friday, Saturday time frame for Grand Forks, East Grand Forks area. And that's, uh, again, around 48 feet is what we're currently predicting for, for that, uh, for this location here. So. Ryan Knutsvig, meteorologist with the U.S. National Weather Service, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Ryan, thank you very much. All right, thank you. Tickets on sale for the Winnipeg Whiteout Street Party. Yeah, we have tickets to go and sell. I think for individual tickets, Greg, for for the playoffs. If you don't, if you're not a season ticket holder, you right. have at ten o'clock. Right. They will. You can purchase your tickets for the playoffs. Uh, first game Wednesday against the Saint against St. Louis, and of course those parties is what I think many people enjoy just as much. And to explain to us how this is going to work later today with those tickets, we're joined by Kevin Donnelly with True North Sports and Entertainment. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. So phone lines open first of all ten o'clock for tickets. How many do we have for just the game itself? For the game itself, I think there's a fairly healthy selection, upper deck and lower bowl. Uh, I'm not sure the exact number, but uh, those will get scooped up, I'm sure, in a big hurry. They, they go on sale at 10 o'clock this morning. So that's for games one and two, right, Kevin? Yes, for both games. So Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, and then a little bit of a later game to accommodate television, 8.30 on, on Friday. Friday night. So that uh, should lend itself to the crowd be even potentially being more, <laughs> more boisterous than normal, Kevin, shall we put it that way? Well, you know, different days and different times could bring out a different crowd, but uh, we're looking forward to both uh, 7 o'clock Wednesday with the gates will open at 5 p.m. if you're coming to the street party, 6 p.m. if you're coming to the game, and then it's two hours before again on Friday, so gates would be at 6.30 for the street party on Friday night. I know last year there was many of us who were just excited, I think, to be invited to the party. And by the party, I just mean the playoffs. This is a different year. Our expectations, I think, are, are higher in many ways for our team. What, what is the mood at True North? What's the mood amongst staff just when you're preparing for a week like this? Well, we're just happy to be in, in the hunt right now. I mean, to get everything behind us and now focus, every, it's an even playing field for everybody. So it's just go, go, go. We, ha- you know, uh, we have an opportunity in front of us. Uh, for the team and also for the city to put on that great display of support that we did last year. So uh, lots of anticipation, lots of excitement. Nerves are, you know, a little tingly, but uh, it's pretty exciting times for sure. Last year, the Whiteout Street parties were sort of, I mean, it was brand new. So you guys were learning as you went. Mm-hmm. I would imagine the learning curve was maybe frustrating at times or just kind of like, oh, God, I would, you know, what do we do next? How do we <laughs> fix this? But now you've had some time to think about it. Are, do you feel more confident as you move into this second round, so to speak, of the Winnipeg Whiteout Street Party? You know, I, th- I think so. I, you know, the, one of the things that I keep reminding myself is that you know, we, I don't think we're going to start these parties the way we ended last year, and that, you know, the crowds did grow, and I expect they will grow. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how many people come for Wednesday, how many people come for Friday, and to see what the progression is. But, you know, we had, you know, upwards of 20,000 people toward the end of the run. I don't think we're expecting that for, for game one. So uh, tickets are available. We are doing the $5 admission this year. 100% of that goes to charities through the United Way. So that's a bit of a different twist. And, we'll, you know, we'll just see what happens. The weather is a big factor in all this, and it's going to be 
okay, not great. So, you know, we're just crossing our fingers. We were speaking with Kate Fenske from the downtown Winnipeg Biz, and their cleanup efforts are all already underway. And I noticed that some of the street sweepers were downtown overnight last night and into the wee hours of this morning. Are there some extra efforts on that front, Kevin, to make sure that the areas that are inside the street party are a little bit extra clean for everyone? Well, absolutely. It's things like the, the cleanliness, making sure that, you know, it's early in the year, of course, so city ops haven't had a chance to do any kind of road repairs. So just making sure the area is safe, it's clean, it's, you know, we're doing extra lighting. Uh, it really is an opportunity for us to show off the town, show off how our downtown can look, show off how our people behave and the kind of spirit we have here. So, you know, you just want to put your best best foot forward and do everything you can to make sure that you are uh, you know, put you know, putting out the, the the fine china for the company that's coming. I know when I was attending the parties last year, it was super electric on the outside and on the inside, and you can almost—I I don't know if I'm right in saying this—but I felt like I could hear the outside crowd inside at times because it was just so insane with that boisterous feeling. I know you said you don't think you're going to get there right away, but do you think we have the same mood going into these playoffs this year as we did last year? I think the gun goes off on Wednesday night, and then it's you know it, it it'll be the same. I really think that uh, the intensity of the playoffs. You can see that you know teams were so excited just to clinch. We had a different view because we were sitting in first, and you know a couple struggles through the end of the season. But uh, this town knows how to rally behind this team. So I, I you know I think it's going to be electric inside and out. Tickets on sale today for inside and out. So. Be a part of the action, folks. Where does one get tickets for the, the whiteout street party? Everything's available through Ticketmaster, and that, that, that's a good point. That only buy through Ticketmaster. There's still, you know, bad actors out there that are, you know, whether it's Kijiji or other sites, please just, if you're looking for a guaranteed certainty, you're getting a legitimate ticket, Ticketmaster.ca. And if you don't have access, say, a credit card, or you don't have a Ticketmaster account or access access to technology, can people go down to the arena box office and get tickets for the street party in person, Kevin? Yeah, yes, absolutely. To the uh, the Bell MTS Place box office at uh, Portage and Hargrave. And of, course, Donald, sorry. Uh, and, of course, we're only guaranteed four games. Games three and four will go in St. Louis Sunday night at 6.30 our time. 8.30 Central on Tuesday, and the viewing parties as well will be taking place inside Bell MTS Place. When will tickets go on sale for those events, Kev? So tickets today, we're doing it in a staggered fashion. So it's 10 o'clock for tickets for inside the arena. It's noon for the street party, uh, if you want to be part of that action. And for the coming viewing parties, they go on sale through Ticketmaster at 2 o'clock today. And those are $10 for inside the arena for the, for the away game viewing parties. All right, Kevin Donnelly with True North Sports and Entertainment joining us live on 680 CJOB. Kevin, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, maybe it could be you fishing at Q Lake Lodge by Quinell Lake and Nopaming Provincial Park. It is time to find our grand prize winner for Winnipeg Custom Countertops and Cabinetry. It's the ultimate angler's experience at Q Lake Lodge. And we had 10 qualifiers to choose from. We had Gary, we had Ryan, Alan, Michaela, Chris, Brenda, Derek, Pam, Kim, and Mike. And let's see who we ended up with. Hello. Hi, is that Mike? Hi. Hey, Mike, it's... uh. Brett McGarry calling from 680 CJOB alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. Yes. How are you? Not bad. And how are you, sir? Not too bad. Not too bad. So did you qualify or did you put your name in the hat for a certain contest we have here going at CJOB? I entered mine, uh, oh, I think it's April 1st or April, uh, April 1st, I think. Okay. Well, we've got yeah, some and good I news. went down there and I picked up my consolation prize. Well, you don't need the consolation prize. Well, you can keep it. You don't have to return it. Yeah, you can keep it, but we've got something even better for you. Is that right, Brett? What's that? You were wishing you were fishing, right? You are wishing I was fishing? I even got a license plate saying that years ago I wish I was fishing. Come on. Did you really? Yeah, I do. I do. And it's got my nickname on it. It's got Mish, I wish I was fishing. Wow. Well, guess what, buddy? You what? you are going to Q Lake Lodge in Nopaming Provincial Park. You are the winner. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. 
I, I went to church yesterday. I lighted a whole bunch of candles. I said a whole bunch of prayers for CJOB and myself. And I had my toes and fingers crossed. Everything. This is the best. I'm so excited. <laughs> Mike, pronounce your last name for us, if you would. Wilchar, W-I-W-C-H-E-R. D- and in Ukrainian, it's Mikhailo Vilchar. Well, did you hear how excited I was when you qualified a few weeks ago? Because I was doing puns for the whole week with fish puns. And then you called in and I was like, his last name's Char, Wichar. That's a fish. I mean, you are it's lucky. You had me hook, line, and sinker with that name. I'm not going to lie. So you know you can bring five people with you. Have you been thinking about who you might bring along? Oh, yeah, I already got the people. <laughs> Love it. I, if, if, I, if I won, I already got the people. That is fantastic. Well, you won. You've got some phone calls to make this morning, I think. Will you go this? Will you go as soon as you can? When will you head out there or wait for it to well, warm up? Uh, when it warms up, and I have to ask the guys, uh, for my, like my, my son is coming. He's got to take a couple, a couple of days off. And my, my best friend, Frank, electrician, and, and the other guys, there's no problem. We'll have the guys. Okay. Oh, I'm happy, happy, happy. i got to fool a whole bunch of people. Congratulations, <laughs> Mike Char, the winner of Wishing I Was Fishing from Winnipeg Custom Countertops and Cabinetry. And just to recap what Mike has gotten himself here, it's a three-night stay at Q Lake Lodge for him and up to five guests, and that includes guided fishing on a boat. That's almost a $2,500 value. And then he gets a Fluger President XT and Shimano Reels and a whole bunch of other stuff from the fishing hole. That's a $600 value. There is an Angler's Edge Mapping Premium Hydrography uh, Catalog. That's, That's like a... Another few hundred bucks. There's a Lawrence Fish Finder sonar that's donated by Winnipeg Custom Countertops. There's all kinds of supplies and gear from the fishing hole. And then Danny's Whole Hog Barbecue Feast for up to six people. And he mentioned the, the consolation prize. It was a, a stainless steel travel mug and thermos set. We wouldn't call it a consolation prize. It was a qualification was, prize. Yeah. But this is an amazing, amazing prize package. And as we learned couple of weeks back from the Minnesotan who comes up here all the time. He spent, what did he say, 39 weeks? 39 weeks weeks total fishing in Manitoba in his lifetime. And he gave just a glowing review. Made you, Loren, you were already Googling. Oh, I've already suggested it for a summer trip. I've got my in-laws. I'm going to talk to them about it. They love to fish. So I need to go with someone who knows what they're doing. Well, that's the fly-in <laughs> experience without having to yeah. fly in. And for that's a barrier for a lot of folks, either economically or just the idea of getting on a float plane doesn't appeal to everyone. So just an outstanding opportunity for Mike and his five friends. And, and his son he's bringing. Yeah, he's so excited. So and How many times have you heard somebody not just pray for themselves to win, but he... For the station, and I prayed for CJOB, and I was like, "Well, I, I'll appreciate that. We'll, we'll take that. We'll take that. Put those in the bank. Put those <laughs> prayers in the bank. We might need them over the next couple of weeks here. The playoffs and different things going on. So, thank you, Mike, and congratulations to all of our qualifiers. Uh, just thrilled to hear Mike so excited about his win uh, this morning. Mike Weuchar, congratulations once again. And thank you to Winnipeg Custom Countertops and Cabinetry for presenting this ultimate angler's experience at Q Lake Lodge. Thanks as well to the Fishing Hulk who contributed all kinds of gear. This just sounds like such a spectacular event. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.